Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Thank you for tuning in. And everyone, thank John for making the drive back from Duluth to join us for the podcast this week. Otherwise, it would just been me and you all would have been really upset. I just feel bad, Jason, that you weren't up in Duluth with us this weekend because uh, it was a lot of fun. Loyal listeners will know this, but for those of you who uh, just tune in every so often, Jason had been with us at every road game UNO had played this season up until Duluth. Bridget and I were worried we didn't want to get Jason in trouble at work by taking him uh, taking him away from work every Friday. UNO's on the road this season. And this was the one venue that we had not been to in the NCHC. We had not been uh, to a road series in Duluth. I'll put an asterisk on that. This comes up after your wife uh, texted the group uh, this weekend. Bridget and I, back in 2012, we led a Mavpuck.com bus trip to Colorado Springs to see UNO take on Colorado College, but they were still playing at World Arena. They were not playing at the new Ed Robeson Arena. We have to get out to see one at Colorado Springs, and sadly, UNO doesn't play at Colorado Springs this season, uh, so... I guess we're not going to make it this year. So I'm glad that Jolene pointed that out. Um, After she did that, I made sure all of my social media posts did not say that this was the last NCHC venue we had yet to visit. I know you guys visited Ed Robeson Arena a couple of years ago, Jason. We did. It's a really nice place. I think you're going to like it when you go. I share your pain here, though, because I have the bucket list of, and I know a lot of NHL fans have this bucket list, but I've wanted to see every team play in their home arena. So I'm I'm torn on what to do about Detroit because I'm not a huge Detroit fan. I saw Detroit play in the old Joe, but now they have Little Caesars, and I can't decide if I'm willing to go back to Detroit to see a game or if I'm counting the old Joe as my uh, Detroit arena. Jason, you're going to have to go. I know that they've revitalized Detroit. You're going to have to go check it out. (laughs) Okay, so now the most important question before we get into the games this weekend, though, is you are planning to go to the Arizona State Series for the uh, Desert Classic here, right? That's what they're calling it, right? The Desert Classic in January? I get that Yes, as are you. Yes, as am I. (laughs) Do we get to count Arizona State? Or do we have to go back when they're actually members of the NCAC? I don't know if it's just seeing a team in their venue or if it has to be, you know, in a conference matchup. I'm going to say we're good on that one, Jason. All right. Then I'm good. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I just want to make sure, like, what we're counting here so I know what what I got to get to. Where do I got to get to? I got to get to St. Cloud, I think. I think that's the only one. No, no, I haven't seen Western Michigan. So I'm going to get out there. Well, there are opportunities to go see both of those teams uh, in their home uh, barns in the second half of the season. Uh, if you uh, if you are motivated to do so, Jason, uh, uh, before we dive into the uh, series up at Duluth, uh, we've got to give a shout out to our merchandise sponsor on the Map podcast this season, Lawler's Custom Sportswear. Uh, Christmas will be here before you know it, Jason, and uh, both of us are interested in getting uh, the loved ones in our lives some new gear from Lawler's Custom Sportswear. Uh, be sure to check out Lawler's Customs 
brick and mortar store on 84th Street here in Omaha. Uh, if you're not here in Omaha, you can, of course, check them out at LawlersCustom.com. And if you're going to be at the series against St. Cloud this upcoming weekend, uh, you can check out their booth at the games. Uh, Jason, do you have any UNO gear that you're interested uh, in getting this Christmas season? There are some things I have my eye on. So I'm wearing my I'm wearing my old gray jersey. I do want to, you know, capitalize on the new uh, white home jerseys with the bowl on the front. We've talked about those in an earlier podcast. That's uh, that's on my list. So we'll see if uh, Santa is, thinks I was a good boy this year and brings me one or if I have to uh, go out and, and buy my own Christmas gift. I uh, hope we'll see you on the podcast uh, in that uh, that new home jersey uh in the second half uh, of the season. Uh, but before that, we've got to turn to our series up in Duluth on uh, December 1st and 2nd. Bridget and I were there. We had a great time. Bridget did not tell me until the last second because she knows how much I don't like to travel. So she told me like hours before we were leaving that we were leaving. Uh, she does that occasionally. So who knows where I'll be going uh, going uh, in the future of uh, this season. But uh, that Friday game, you look at the first period, uh, it was a scoreless first period uh, Friday night in Duluth, Jason. Yeah, which I actually, I thought that was a good road kind of start for, for UNO. They they had some opportunities. They were playing pretty good D. You know, a lot of our concern going into it was the penalties, taking too many penalties, especially with the, the powerhouse power play that Duluth seemed to have. Uh, so to not have any penalties in the first either, I thought that was a positive sign for us moving forward. Uh, we talked on the the preview last week that these two teams were uh, pretty evenly matched. So it was a lot of what, what I expected. As you alluded to, Duluth uh, going into this series had the top-ranked uh, power play unit in the nation. They'd had some struggles this season, but uh, their struggles came against uh, some good competition. Going into that second period, of course, we're tied. 9-19 into the second, senior defenseman Nolan Krenzen puts UNO up one to nothing. It was a sweet pass across the slot by uh, forward Ray Fuss. Good position uh, for UNO to be in up one to nothing midway through that period. Especially on the road, you like to get up and get going. And I think this team plays better when they when they have the lead. Um, and, you know, they held it for a while there You know, with, with uh, Duluth pushing a lot. And Duluth controlled a lot of the game start to finish. So you knew we were going to rely pretty heavily on the defense just to keep the buck out of the net. So to see them get on the score sheet uh, and get us ahead too is just a, a bonus on top of a bonus there. UNO went to the box three times during that period. And like you mentioned, uh, our defense played well. Uh, late in the second period, uh, UMD's Ben Steve, who we talked about on uh, last week's uh, episode of the Mab Podcast, tied it up one-to-one. -one. The goal came off a rebound off of Simon's skate. It was just uh, an unfortunate rebound uh, that went right to him. Uh, so the so the game was tied one-to-one -one after two periods. But as you said, road game, tough team, tough environment, a good position for UNO to be in. Um, but the fireworks got started early in that third period, Jason. Uh, 105 into the third, Duluth's Luke Lowheight puts the Bulldogs up. Two to one. It was set up by a tough turnover. Uh, but 17 seconds later, uh, Jack Randall, 
uh, ties it up two to two. Uh, it was a good face-off win uh, that led to that goal. Uh, nice to see uh, Randall uh, get that goal, Jason. It was. He's a guy that we talked about, you know, needed to be, needed to come out and show that last season was not a fluke. And and he's been kind of snake bitten. He's had opportunities this season, hasn't been able to finish. And so to see him get on the uh, the scoreboard, I think was, was encouraging thing. You know, the other thing I think was, uh, and it goes underrated a lot. You and I seem to talk to about a lot because it's something that, that I've noticed about this team when they struggle, they have a hard time doing this. But LeMay's ability off of winning the draw to get the puck through that kind of first level of defenders so that the pucks, at least in that scoring zone down close. Uh, I can't remember if that if it was a save that came back out to Randall or I think if I remember right, it was it was off of a body in front that ended up on his stick. Uh, You know, and that's what you're really looking at is is they're Duluth really good about double layering their defense. And so you really got to get that puck off that first defender uh, and into that second level. And then you let a guy like Randall, you know, just kind of outwork, out muscle a guy in front of the net and and just kind of jam that home. Um, I really hope that this is kind of that spark for Randall. Uh, I hope that he really turns it on here in the, in the next uh, half ish of the season uh, and starts kind of pounding that puck to the back of the net. Cause we're going to need that scoring if we're going to make it through the NCHC. Absolutely right. 12.59 into the third period, Connor McMenamin, uh, who transferred from uh, from Penn State. And the reason that I know that is because I watched the Penn State hockey story on YouTube uh, and they featured him last season. Uh, kind of a neat player. Uh, he put UMD up 3-2. to two. Um, UNO, uh, tried, uh, tried to tie it up again, but, uh, they were ultimately unsuccessful in that venture. Uh, UMD gets an empty net goal in the, uh, closing moments of the third period, a final UMD for Omaha two, closer than the score would indicate Jason. Uh, what did you think of UNO, uh, in that Friday game? I thought, that uh, I thought that it was a good outing for UNO, and I I thought that they had uh, opportunities to win that game. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I think the positives you take from that, and and as a a coach, I'm sure probably what what Gabs was was preaching to the guys was, you know, we did what we needed to. Uh, we were positive side of the faceoff dot. You know, that's a good thing for this team. Uh, they had opportunities that they just didn't capitalize on. That's that comes down to what we've talked about. Like this team just lacks the the skill position um they lack true goal scorers uh we were concerned coming into the season with their ability to score goals so when you do get behind you know especially when you get behind in that latter half of a third period kind of thing um you know the guys kind of start taking a few more gambles um you know you generate some chances off that but you also give up um some easy outs and things like that so there was a lot of rush play in, in the third period. Um, and, and unfortunately it's just a really hard, like it, you're, you're relying on luck at that point in time um, rather than working your system and playing your skill areas and stuff. Um, the empty net goal. I mean, two minutes left, you got to pull your goalie. Like I really like, I ride off empty net goals. As far as my book, this was a three, two win for Duluth. Lacozzi played great in net. Um, like I said, the face-off wins, that's that's a the positive. I think the biggest thing coming from this is that uh Duluth was 0-3 on the on the power play and really didn't have a lot of of good looks. That's the other thing is 
I think they only ended up with a a couple shots on on net even in those three power plays. And so you're really negating opportunities, um, you know, controlling that. And, and that's a, you know, a positive. Our power play is, is the one sore spot still. Like we've got to find a solution for that. I know we, our only power play was, I don't know, what was it like 20 seconds or something like that in length before Mueller takes his tripping call. Um, but you really got to find, find some power play goals if this team's going to be successful. Uh, Saturday night's game was an early game. Uh, it's It always throws me off as a fan not having the 7 p.m. or thereabouts game. So this was a 5 p.m. game. Uh, during the first period on Saturday night, uh, it felt like UNO was uh, on their heels a little bit. We were outshot 15 to 7 in the first. Uh, I was a bit worried, but uh, it was scoreless after one, Jason. Again, just keep playing the road game. Just, you know, try to capitalize on opportunities when you get them. Try to limit the opportunities for Duluth. Um, that's going to be their recipe for success home or away for this team. Yeah, and that's what they did in the second period. They had more rhythm. Uh, as they neared the midway point of the period, they overtook uh, the Bulldogs in shots on goal. Simon, like you mentioned uh, in that Friday game, had some big saves uh, in the period. So did the posts uh, at the tail end of the second uh, UMD's Tyler Clevin got a five minute major for uh, charging. Uh, he bolted into uh, UNO freshman forward uh, Tanner Ludke. Uh, Ludke had to be uh, helped off the ice by Jesse Lansdell. Uh, Jason, what did you think of that charging call? Because there were some uh, UMD fans uh, in the arena who were uh, booing that uh, Clevin got a five minute major for that. I don't understand it. And it's not a like, is it a penalty or is it not? It's like, I really question if the roles were reversed and that was a UNO player making the same hit. If they really would have, you know, left the kid in the game. If you're going to go back and look at that and call that a five minute major, I don't see how you don't eject him from the game, but they didn't. And, and that's what we ended up with, with, which was a kind of a grimy game the rest of the way. UNO's play in the second was the best that they had with flow and you know and the third period just became a slodge really yeah absolutely right it was zero zero after two periods and it was kind of a, a battle of attrition in that third period uh, UNO didn't take advantage of that uh, five minute power play um, Simon came up big again in nets uh, during the third period the game was tied uh, at the end of regulation 0-0. So we go to the three-on-three overtime. And boy, I'll tell you what, the way that a three-on-three overtime opens up the ice, Jason, man, it makes me nervous because one little misstep and uh, your opponent, if they have the puck, can be gone. Uh, and it was back and forth during that period. Uh, both teams had some good opportunities. Uh, but Jack Randall, who we mentioned on Friday nights, uh, uh, with uh, 157 left in the overtime period, uh, he puts the puck in for UNO. It's always weird when you're on the road because nobody cheers when that happens. And we were at the opposite end of the ice. So we weren't sure that that happened. Bridget, of course, cheered loudly because that's what Bridget does at home on the road. Uh, it doesn't matter. Randall could have passed that puck off to Miller, but he took the shot, and I'm really glad that he did. Uh, this was a good overtime win for UNO, and we always remind the people out there listening, uh, if you win in regulation, you get three out of three conference points. Uh, if the game goes to overtime, 
Each team gets a conference point and the winner of the three on three overtime period, or if it's tied after the overtime period and it goes to a shootout, the winner of the shootout um, gets the extra conference points. So UNO got two out of three conference points in this game. We both thought they'd split. You know, this is kind of a split. Uh, you know, if you're UNO, you're you're probably a little uh, chafed that, that you let a point go. Um, you know, you wish you could have got that opportunity or one of those opportunities in regulation to go and, and got out with three points and been in a different position. But at the same time, like, like we said about the first game, like there's a lot of positives to take out of this going in uh, to next weekend and going to the rest of NCHC play. Um, you know, especially things like uh, on Saturday, I saw that that Sullivan was, I think, 16 and five in the faceoff dot. I mean, that's huge. Like you got a guy winning three quarters, you know, 70, 80 percent of his draws. And if they can keep that up, you know, if they've got multiple guys that are above 500 on the and on faceoff dot league, that's a lot of control. And you can start setting up things, you know, like Randall's goal that come off of those faceoff wins. UNO was 0 for 1. You know, it was just that 20 second power play. So really 0 for 0 on Friday, but they were 0 for 6. And you couldn't capitalize on a five minute all you can eat kind of uh, power play. Um so that's really that's really a problem for UNO when you look at this series because you could easily say that two power play goals across that those two games and you might be talking about sweeping Duluth on on their home ice and um, that would have been you know really massive for UNO to do so uh, I think they need to get back here to Omaha and they need to get back on the ice and keep working on on that power play. Uh, and, and what they need to do to get that done. They're showing that they're resilient on the road. They don't give up, uh, and it's nice to see. So talking about this series, Jason, who was your player of the week? Who did you like this weekend uh, for the series at Minnesota Duluth? I mean, you saw them live. I'd love to see who you pick first, and then I'll, I'll <laughs> pick mine after. I really think we're probably – there's – probably two people we're both thinking of so i'm guessing you pick one and i'll just take the other one but we'll see you know i actually have uh in my notes here i have three players oh. i will go i will go ahead and pick the obvious uh which is graduate forward jack randall uh two goals on the weekend uh including the ot winner on saturday he has four goals and three assists this season certainly not the numbers that he had in last season's campaign at this point, but uh, glad to see Jack Randall heating up this season. Uh, one of those solid veteran players for UNO, uh, and he had a good weekend for the team. He did, and we, I think you will agree, we need him to this to be the spark that he needs to kind of catch fire here. Uh, you know, I hope that between the between the good net front goal that he had and then, you know, it's a different kind of goal in the overtime with him sniping that shot through the defender. Uh, you know, hopefully that gives him some more confidence and, and he starts finding the back of the net. So uh, he was definitely one of the two that were on my list. Um, so I will take the other one that I thought was obvious. And that's Simon Lacozzi. The goals that Duluth got, uh, the the three that they got on, on Friday, like, he did the best he could kind of thing. 
you know, a lot of those were, were weird bounces, pucks into strange areas, you know, and he's having to recover because he's anticipating, you know, the play that's in front of him and that adjustment, um, you know, and so like, it's hard. You, you need some help from your D, you know, sometimes you need some just better puck luck and we didn't get it. Um, so I'm not going to hold most of that. And he made some really good saves on Friday. Um, and then Saturday, just outside his mind, like that was a really good game. Um, so I think he deserves a lot of accolades for just getting us out of there with two points this weekend. Absolutely. Now I need to know what's the third name on your list. Well, let me just say about uh, Simon, that was his first shutout of the season on Saturday night. Uh, it's the third of his uh, career with UNO. And uh, again, uh, yeah, he saved our bacon a lot on uh, Saturday night. So uh, nice to see him step up. Uh, the third player I had, again, was not obvious, but you talked about him a bit uh, earlier. Uh, Nolan Sullivan uh, won 10 of 16 faceoffs on Friday and uh, 16 of 21 faceoffs uh, during the Saturday game. Uh, he also uh, agitated the Bulldogs uh, into committing a, a couple of penalties during the uh, Saturday game. So obviously not the obvious kind of statistical players uh, uh, that we uh, usually pick uh, for the players of the week, but uh, I thought Nolan uh, had a nice weekend. Yeah, he's... He's in the leadership for a reason, and it shows when he's on the ice. Absolutely right. So, turning to our things you missed in Duluth. Unfortunately, Jason missed. I missed them all. Jason, <laughs> Jason, I know, I and I feel so bad talking about these things, but I tried to pick some things that I thought you would like to comment on as it relates to uh, to the uh, UNO hockey uh, fan experience. Uh, they had little kid hockey uh, on the ice, both Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, they were playing in all three zones of the ice. And on Saturday, they played before the game, during the game, in both intermissions. And uh, it was kind of interesting to see youth hockey going on before the game. It got fans in their seats. I don't recall having had any youth hockey uh little scrimmages out on the ice this season for UNO. We have in the past, but I don't think I've seen uh, any this season uh, at Backstrom. We Boston. haven't had them really in a, quite a while from what I recall. And I know teams, you know, I know some teams do it every, you know, it's usually the mites, the little, the really little kids that, you know, it's just something fun for them kind of thing uh, to keep their interest in hockey. And so I think it's a great thing to do. Like, it seems like some of the teams just are more connected to the hockey community. Um, and it's curious that that UNO isn't. Um, it's interesting that they did it before the game, because I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, that's that's the aspect that I thought was really interesting, was that they did it before the game started. They dimmed the lights, the kids came out and played, and like you said, they were mites. So it was like, you know, it was kind of like bunch ball in soccer, where like, the, the whole throng of kids go to wherever the puck is uh, on the ice. So it was pretty fun uh, to watch. Uh, there were some uh, cute moments in that, but I kind of liked the before the game because it got the kids there early, got, you know, the parents uh, and the fans in the stands early. So, uh, so yeah, we'll have to see if uh, UNO has any, any youth hockey uh, planned uh, at some point uh, coming up this season. Cause I don't know if we'll, uh, 
we'll see any youth hockey at Baxter Arena this season. We did check out the concessions, Jason, and I know you saw this picture. Bridget got uh, the grilled cheese with tomato basil dipper. Uh, it was $9, by the way. Uh, they actually had a griddle there where they were cooking the grilled cheese uh, at the concession stand where they sold those. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to be seeing several gratuitous photos of Bridget's grilled cheese. She got it both nights. Jason, what did you think of the pictures that you saw anyway of Bridget's grilled cheese? I know you're a big grilled cheese fan. I am. Bridget that is one of my favorite foods, like grilled cheese and tomato soup. Yeah. I was coping with the not being there with you until you went and said like, oh yeah, we got this. And I'm like, great. Like... <laughs> Jason is going to disown us uh, after uh, this segment. Uh, Over that. grilled cheese and tomato soup. And I, I do want to add special thanks to UNO Athletic Sports Information Director Austin Rush for recommending uh, the grilled cheese to Bridget. He is a UMD grad. Uh, he worked uh, with the hockey program when he was a student up there and uh I know Bridget was very excited to get that. So, uh, so who knows? She may be going up uh, next weekend to get the uh, grilled <laughs> cheese uh, dipper at Amsoil Arena. As I mentioned earlier, the Saturday game started at 5 p.m. to accommodate a skate with the team event that they had after it. Um, although it seemed like most of the families had left. When we were up uh, at St. Cloud State, uh, four or five years ago they did the same thing the game started early and then after the game fans could go and skate with the team what do you think of having it on a game night there's pros and cons you know obviously it's nice that you're already there i know as a player you typically dislike these these weird times you know you have most hockey players are pretty routine orientated you know it is nice from the fan perspective of you're you're already there just toss your skates on and go out on the ice and you know the the guys can have some fun with it um didn't they do like a skate thing for the the new year's eve game last year yeah 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 um they uh you got to go out and skate with the team uh at baxter arena on the new year's game so i guess we kind of have done that haven't we i yeah i mean i kind of a little bit different than a you know skate with the team kind of thing that was a little bit more uh festivities for everyone else kind of thing but yeah that's probably as close as we've come right yeah absolutely right i'm glad you know i'm glad you mentioned that jason because you were out of town for that that didn't dawn on me either so there you go one of the other cool things i'll just mention real briefly was uh going on outside of the arena right next to it uh duluth has what's called bentleyville which is a light festival outside of the arena this was the 20th year for that so a lot of fans after the game including bridget and myself went over and walked through their big light display uh it was very very cool so uh a very nice atmosphere uh for the game uh so jason i'm sorry you missed it uh we'll make it uh up to you uh, when we're out at uh, tempe in january but before we turn to our preview of the next series uh we've got to remind fans that uh, before the december 9th game is toys for tots uh it's the sheila Leahy uh, toys for tots collection they are encouraging fans to bring a new unwrapped toy uh, the U.S. Marine Corps will be there uh, collecting donations. Uh, you can also make uh, cash donations in person or online. 
Uh, Jason, I still think uh, that we should have a teddy bear toss at uh, a UNO hockey game at some point. I agree. I want to be there for that. And December 9th is also ugly sweater night. So, Jason, do you have an ugly sweater that you're going to wear to the game? I mean, no, I don't. Fans, do with that information what you will. So turning to our St. Cloud State Series, uh, December 8th and 9th uh, at Baxter Arena. St. Cloud is 8-5-1 overall. They are a perfect 6-0 in NCHC play. They are currently first in the NCHC standings. Uh, head coach Brett Larson is 114-65-17 in his six seasons at SCSU. Uh, he was actually an assistant uh, at Minnesota Duluth before he came uh, to St. Cloud State. Uh, I reached out to St. Cloud fan Johnny Mack, who is at Fight the Pants on Twitter. I love some of these Twitter handles. Uh, he offered some insights on the team for us. Uh, he said the freshmen are playing on the uh, PK and PP units and are doing very well this season. Uh, in particular, freshman forward Werner Mietnin, who's a brother of Vidi Mietnin, who's a player that we've been watching uh, for the Huskies for the last few seasons, uh, and freshman forward Barrett Hall are doing very well. He said uh, senior forward Vidi Mietnin, who has 10 goals and four assists this season, and grad student Kyler Kupka, who has five goals and six assists this season, uh, have shown up as offensive leaders. Uh, he also mentioned that grinders like Grant Ashan uh, have given teams fits in both zones. And then in net, Dominic Bassey, uh, who uh, played for uh, Colorado College for many years, uh, has appeared in all 14 games for St. Cloud State. He has a 2.31 goals against average and a .908 save percentage. And uh, according to Johnny Mack, he said it looks like Bassey will play in net until he just absolutely needs a break. Um, and that he's particularly good uh, at stopping uh, breakaway opportunities uh, this season. Uh, so... He's been solid in net. Uh, so, Jason, what do you think going into this series against St. Cloud State? Uh, it's a it's a tough draw. You know, I think St. Cloud's playing better than a lot of people expected them to be. Uh, I think Bassey has a lot to do with that. I don't, especially like reviewers and pundits and stuff. Like they didn't give him a lot of credit for for his play in, in Cara college and, and how much of that was the team in front of him. Um, you know, it's a different style of play at, at St. Cloud. And I think it fits his style of goaltending better. You know, they don't give away a lot. They don't give up a lot of, a lot of odd numbered situations. So, uh, you know, I think of Randall's goal from Friday night is going to be, you know, we're going to need a lot more of that to, to find a victory against St. Cloud. You know, their sophomore forward, Adam Ingram, is one that I'm really keeping an eye on. He looks like he could be, you know, a really a, a dominant player for St. Cloud in the future. Um, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how he does, you know, going through the rest of this. Um, he's not, you know, a straight setup artist, but he's got pretty good vision. Um, so he'll be one to kind of watch out for when he's on the ice. It's a deep team. You know, this is this is kind of like what UNO says they want to be, where, you know, one through four, any line can hurt you. 
Uh, and there's there's quality players and there's guys willing to go to work and and willing to put in you know the heavy minutes and stuff up and down the roster. Uh, St. Cloud has that, and so it's going to be a battle of who wants it more. You know, there's a little bit of advantage to UNO that we get to play them at home. I think that we stand a much better chance, particularly with the way they're playing right now. Um, I like our chances playing them here at Baxter Arena and not at St. Cloud. Jason. Who do you like in this series? Do you think uh, UNO will sweep? Do you think we'll get swept? Do you think we'll split? Do you think it'll be something funky like a win and a tie so that I have to try and represent that graphically <laughs> on on the uh, video uh, version of this podcast on YouTube? Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, this uh, this team we're playing is a, a perfect 6-0 in conference play this season coming into Baxter Arena. Yeah, and they've got, you know, they've got the space on Denver that they need six games into the season. Um, you know, they, they won't fall past the Denver any one weekend, but they know that North Dakota's nipping at their heels. And so they're gonna they're not gonna be looking past Omaha. They're they're gonna know that, you know, worst case scenario, they need to go back to St. Cloud with a split. That's that's their like it's kind of a disaster if that doesn't happen. Um, so they're going to, they're going to be motivated. Um, and they're a tough team to play against. Like I said, you know, it's very similar to the style that UNO plays. Um, unfortunately, like, it just seems like they do it better than us. And I think there's room there to win. I want them to split. Like, that's kind of what I I'd like to see is I'd like to see us at least take one game from them. But I just don't know. Like the way St. Cloud's saying, I think that most likely we end up losing both games. Okay, so are you saying St. Cloud sweeps? I That is what I'm going with. Suddenly a dark cloud is uh, hanging o- over the podcast here. Here comes the graphic so... with the la- lightning bolts. Is it, you know... <laughs> I'm writing this for John as we go through. <laughs> yep, J- J- Jason just teeing this stuff up for me so i can uh i can uh, post uh, all the graphics uh, over this i guess i'm gonna have to be uh the positive guy here and i'm gonna have to say uno uh gets its first uh nchc sweep of the season uh i think it's gonna come down to defensive play for uno i think uno uh, ever since that series uh, that we were in attendance uh, out in Denver for, they seem to be playing a tougher brand uh, of hockey. And um, it's not always perfect. It's not always going to be pretty, but uh, we've seen players uh, who are committed to uh, doing the little things right, blocking shots, winning faceoffs, those you know kind of unheralded moments in a game uh, that uh, make a big difference. Uh, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, if you would like to join us at Baxter Arena for the games uh, this weekend, uh, they start at uh, 7.07 p.m. and uh, the Baxter Arena box office or online at omavs.com can uh, fulfill your ticket needs. If you're not coming to the game, uh, you can listen to the games in Omaha uh, on the radio on 1290 Coil or on the Varsity Network app. I felt like I should get a plug for the app since I typically only mention the radio station, Jason. And of course, you can watch the games on NCHC TV. It'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. I'm looking forward yeah. to, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. John, uh, like, I think that would be like, if you get out there, get that first goal, 
you know, we've played really good first periods where we just, from the drop of the first puck, just pedal to the metal, you know, everything at the net, guys flying in there, you know, chasing rebounds, digging pucks out of corners, things like that. Like that kind of game, if we can get that generating and going early, it's not unheard of that UNO could beat St. Cloud. We have to be better at that game than they are. That's going to be the key. Absolutely right. And like you mentioned, uh, this uh, has the uh, has the potential to be a, a big lift for the team going into the second half grind of the NCHC schedule. So the team, as I mentioned many times, has got to play meat and potatoes hockey, put the puck on that, don't get fancy and try to create havoc in front of the nets. Uh, and uh, I think they have an opportunity to do well uh, in these series. It sure would be a great position for UNO to be in uh, heading to that uh, holiday tournament uh, after Christmas uh, out in Tempe. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find links to our social media channels at mavpuck.com, as well as back episodes of these podcasts, which we encourage you to watch. We encourage you to listen to. So... Until next time, Jason, go Mavs. Go Mavs.